to Books the Podcast, the only podcast about books. I'm Tim. I'm Tom. And finally, we are booksmen yet again. Finally, we can say we have returned to our original booksman form. Ernest rides again. <laughs> I thought you were going to say we're Ernest, but yeah. <laughs> Just a reference to Ernest P. Worrell. Yeah. Uh, America's finest comedic mind. I started uh, saying to my girlfriend, uh, you know what I mean, Vern? <laughs> Does she? She doesn't know any... what I mean. Yeah, my wife has no idea. <laughs> and I was like, well, we'll have to watch Tim, the it sounds like films. We should be married to each other. <laughs> well, that's not a good, that's a, a threat to your wife. You don't understand what that means? Well, it sounds like I'm going to have to make you watch all the Ernest films. Yeah, guess what? She feels the same way. No, no interest in watching the, the Ernest filmography. Yeah, I bet you'd rather you just not reference Ernest in day-to-day conversation. Than... You know what? Maybe she should learn that I'll lose interest if oh, wow. she just doesn't comment on it. <laughs> No, no, lose interest in making the Ernest reference. Oh, I thought you meant your marriage. If she doesn't (laughs) learn learn more about Ernest, no. If she just doesn't respond to me, because I'm telling you, Tim, that would not look good in a divorce court. (laughs) I think the judge is going to side with her. This is why this is paywalled. (laughs) Your wife refuses to pay. Can you imagine divorce proceedings and then just like her hiring a lawyer and like somebody at that law firm has to comb through hours and hours and hours of They'd this have bullshit. to have multiple people do it. <laughs> there would be no other way to get through it all. Well, luckily I'm doing it within the first two minutes of every- <laughs> <laughs> But hey, another five bucks for us on Patreon if they yeah. if you get some paralegal to sign up. Uh, it's two fifty for my wife. <laughs> oh yeah, just going to her. <laughs> um, Tim, it's good to it's good to be back in books. Yeah, uh, Tom, I'll tell you something. We've taken a break from reading books on the mm-hmm. Patreon feed. Books. I haven't podcast. read. I haven't read anything. Not even stop signs. Tom, I'll tell you something. I have. I've been such a crappy reader these last couple of weeks. Yeah. I'm always just like, I want to want to read, Uh huh. but then whenever I sit down, I'm just like, this is for nerds. <laughs> cool. I'm going to watch television. Oh, yeah, I'm going to read a, a nudie mag, a lad mag. Nobody is ever sitting on their deathbed saying, oh, I wish I read more books. <laughs> I wish I Maybe read... like, I wish more read, uh, read more books about how to not die. <laughs> right. I, I wish I read, I mean, I'm sure people who are like, you know, dying out in the wilderness, or like, I wish I had read more survival guides. Yeah. Uh, I thought you were going to say nobody ever is on their deathbed saying, I wish I read more lad mags. No, I, I mean, I, I don't think anybody even really thinks about that. I, I, wish, I, I just... wish I knew more about what turned on, uh, uh, I don't know, some babe. Erica Alaniac. <laughs> Perfect, yes. Yasmin Bleeth. Uh, yeah. Uh and 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 modern babes. Um hey, what are you saying? Older women can't be babes? No, I'm just saying they're probably not featuring the lag lad mags nowadays. It's probably yeah. all the Instagram butt models in the lad mags. Instagram butt models. 
Insta- never understand it. Instagram has probably done a lot of uh, uh, harm to the lad mags because now you can just uh, get that on uh, Instagram. Yeah, you, you can see clothed butts for free. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just remember as like a as a, a horny fourteen year old, uh, you know, desperately wishing I could uh, find a way to buy a Playboy or something. You know, yeah. the uh, Maxim was the next best thing. And it was like, I'm reading, uh, I want it for the gadget reviews. I mean, the gadget reviews were pretty helpful. Yeah. They were up on, I mean, Maxim, Stuff, right. they were all up on. Well, uh, Stuff was more about gadgets, I think. But it, A, mm-hmm. still had a healthy portion of babes. Mm-hmm. It was the thinking man's Maxim. <laughs> yeah. But it was also made by Maxim and barely any different from Maxim. <laughs> yeah. But it was like, hey, here's like uh, some car stuff. Check out this cool car. I mean, I think that would have, I think that's a smart move. Like, if, you know, if everybody was like, you know, I have the, the, the trope of like, oh, I only read Playboy for the articles, like yeah. in the 60s and the 70s or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if they had also come out with a, uh, a sister publication that just like put the articles like, on the like, cover. Yeah, put like Norman Mailer on the cover or whatever. <laughs> right. But they still had nude pictorials inside. Of Norman Mailer the... inside, yeah. No, of uh what? I don't know any I don't know if any 70s babes, but like you know, you know, do the do the same thing and be like, "Oh, oh I no, I really only read this for the articles." And it's high-minded. Look, they put the articles on the cover. And then yeah. inside there's nude pictorials. Yeah, I wonder if they ever, like, ran the numbers on, like, hey, what if we made this look like a reputable magazine that uh, people weren't so embarrassed to buy at the newsstand? Mm-hmm. Although, like, my idea of the newsstand is, like, the the conven- the concession store or whatever in our town, goodies, that right. sold magazines and, and cards and stuff. I'm not thinking about, like, the gruff newsstand guy out on New York City, out on the corner, like, hey, what do you want? That guy, you'd be like, the the filthiest magazines you got. He's like, hey, it's nothing. We grew up in an idyllic town, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the, the convenience store that you're talking about, Goodies... Mm-hmm. Was like a reputable place. Yeah, I mean, it still nice... had filthy magazines, though. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Here. <laughs> like, because, like, you know, even when I was a little kid, like, you know, uh, if my mom was shopping in town and I was with her, like, I would be able to like run up the street and go to Goodies and like buy a candy bar or something. Yeah, at, like, I'd be I'd whatever. be able to go there by myself. Yeah, for yeah, for but... a few minutes. Also, yeah, you're right. They had the magazine section mm-hmm. and a lot of hardcore, <laughs> filthy pornography, like in the bags with like yeah, uh, the the like Cover. black bags of, of obscuring uh, everything but the title. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, the title would be scandalous enough in many cases. <laughs> Right, and they were always there. I assume, like, they weren't like covered in dust. Like, right, people went into that store. There was a reason why B, the proprietor of goodies, continued uh-huh. to uh, purchase those for sale. Right, yeah, and like, so somebody went into goodies, and they yeah. closed at like seven p.m. <laughs> right, right. 
so like some there were there was a clientele between like 9 a.m. and 7 p.m. that would go into this place mm-hmm. when I would be in there yeah. potentially and buying hardcore <laughs> pornography. Yeah. <laughs> That's fr- mind blowing to me. <laughs> From like a family run shop run by a like nice middle aged woman who is like very talkative and like, you know, knew everybody. It was like she the last. Me, she the let last... me buy lottery tickets wow. to put in like uh, uh, birthday cards for my parents when I would go in there as a little kid. Yeah, I was like allowed to buy uh, hardcore pornography there, even when I was yeah. young. <laughs> um, no, but like it was, it was. She was literally the last person on earth you would want to buy pornography from. A, because she was so nice, but B, because it was like everybody in town knows this woman and talks to her and she's, she could ruin your life. Yeah. Uh, my, uh, my mom was walking through town one day. Mm. Um, it was a very small town. It was like a main strip of yeah. like, uh, like yeah, a downtown like area. Yeah, like a block or two long. And my mom was walking by, and it was uh, the week after my brother started seventh grade, mm-hmm. and they let seventh graders out from the high school to go to yeah. lunch. Yeah, and that was like the first time you could like leave school as as a which kid. is also insane that like twelve years old you were just allowed to leave for an hour and go wherever yeah. you wanted. And the proprietor of this uh, store like ran out of the store. It was like. Hey, hey, uh, Kathy, your son, Chris, he came in five days last week and just bought Twizzlers and M&Ms. <laughs> I think he's eating that for lunch every day. I don't think this is a good thing. It's yeah. like, yeah, and then somebody was going in and buying hardcore pornography <laughs> from that lady. Yeah, and she was probably running up to somebody else. Hey, hey, your husband's been in to buy, <laughs> you know, uh, pissing on skanks monthly for the past. <laughs> <laughs> for the past six months, I yeah, I, he was reading that for the articles. I I think he might be interested in uh, filthy things. You say you say that, Tom, but mm. he was only reading it for the articles about pissing on skanks. <laughs> well, you know, Tim, it's a misnomer to think that that's what all the articles were about, too. <laughs> but I mean, it it did share an entrance with the with the video rental store, which also had a fairly extensive adult uh, collection behind a uh, a curtain. Yeah. I mean, that man showed me the scene in Three Men and a Baby where there was a ghost. Yeah. So, I mean, that was kind of a... That's that's the kind of stuff that was in the adult (laughs) section, right? Presumably. Real ghosts caught on film. It was kind of... And, like, man, I remember because, like, as a kid, when you're told you can't go in somewhere, of course, then you're like, what the hell's in there? I got to see what's in there. So, like... I I remember one time like making a break for it of like I gotta see what's in there and like getting grabbed like within a foot of getting in there not even really seeing it just seeing like oh there's more videos in here <laughs> oh you didn't even know that much <laughs> no I had no idea I was like is this oh, wow. an employee area what's going on um but I do distinctly remember like. Looking as a little kid, looking at every man who came out of there, 
like staring at them, just like, what's in there? Like hoping somehow I could read on their face what was in there. And I can only imagine as like, you know, a, a, a man in the 80s and 90s were like, it's like, come on. It's hard to find stuff to crank it to nowadays. <laughs> I got to go to the store. And then like coming out of the store and there's like a seven-year-old boy just staring at you. <laughs> Especially if they were coming out with videos to then like bring up to the counter. Then I was like, those videos are like in a different color box. What's going on? That's f- Yeah, I forgot. Because like on TV shows, whenever they'd rent a movie... Mm-hmm. On a sitcom at a video store, they'd always have the original artwork on the yeah, box. Yeah, and it's like, where you out of your mind? Yeah. That's not how it happened. Yeah, because uh, yeah, because everything comes in a generic box from that store. And, from uh, and and it's behind the yeah the the yeah. picture box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, Tom, we should, <laughs> do you have more to say about that, or should we talk about? I mean, it might come up later. Reading? Yeah. Tim, what? Were you going to say something? No, I was going to say, hey, what book did you read? Tim, I've started reading A Study in Scarlet by Sherlock Holmes. Oh, yeah. uh, By Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Arthur, not author. Arthur. (laughs) But he is an author. Um, did you know, like, uh, like there's video of him, you know, he was like still alive when video was around. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. When yeah. was this book written? Ooh. Tom, while you look that up, do you know about, uh, Sherlock Bones? <laughs> I fucking knew that was the first thing you were going to talk about. 1887 is when this book was published. Okay. When did video technology come out? I mean, it was film. It was like black and white, but you know, mm. there's like interviews with him. Yeah, yeah he, he lived long enough for that, which is kind of interesting to think about. I'm not talking about Sherlock Bones, like the character. There's a guy named John Keane, and he's America's premier tracer of lost pets. He's uh, an expert in helping people, just like you, locate their missing animals and bring them home safe and sound. So he's Sherlock Bones as well? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how does he do it? Does it have any... Like, what makes Uh, him better than the average pet detective? You'll have to find out out. how to dramatically increase the odds of finding your lost pet with his easy-to-follow lost pet guide. It's only (laughs) $9.95. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, if you got a pet missing, you might as well. He has 40 years of experience. Wow. But you can't, like, hire him to fly out to find your pet. I maybe mean, you maybe. can, probably, if you're willing to pay. But he's uh, probably not at the moment. And also, he's been tracking down dogs for 40 years. How old is this guy? Does he want to be flying everywhere? Uh, you think this guy started tracking down dogs, like, in middle age? He might still be young enough to be at it. Well, he's even if he started, he's twenty. Yeah, he'd be sixty maybe. years old. Yeah, you think a sixty-year-old? That's how he wants to be spending. What would should be his retirement? You Is think justice? You think a missing dog detective's able to retire at sixty? 
<laughs> he's Tom. He's the America's premier tracer of lost pets. He's the he's the biggest guy. In so the, he doesn't the even claim to be a detective; just a tracer. I mean, I guess that's I more apt. You don't want to. You're not looking to solve a crime. Yeah, it's not necessarily a crime scene, unless we're talking about Lady Gaga's dogs, and that seemed to be a crime. Yeah, what the hell? A horrific crime, by the way. Yeah, her her pet walker, her dog walker, got shot four times in the chest and then stole her dogs? That's nuts. And had the dog stolen from them. Yeah, yeah, the the person didn't get shot and then steal the dogs. (laughs) Sorry if it sounded that way. Uh, I haven't read too much about this, um, aside from like the headlines. Is there any indication that the person was shot because they were trying to stop that from happening? Um, Or were they just like the person just walked up and shot them? I do not know. Because if you're trying to ransom a celebrity's dogs, um, <laughs> murdering somebody is a bad way yeah. to to get the, the heat off of you. That ups the stakes considerably. Yeah. Because like if you're going to dog nap and, and try to get a ransom... This person's you, alive, though. They are not murdered, to, right. to be clear. But that's certainly attempted, attempted murder. Attempted murder, yeah. yeah. But like you don't, you want to be able to call up Lady Gaga and be like, don't involve the police. Yeah, but like, keep this quiet. Yeah, exactly. But you've, you started out with a bang. You've fucked it up. Well, yeah, and I, I think I saw something where it's like she's offering a reward, no questions asked. And it's like, well, no, <laughs> the police are going to have some questions. Yeah. Also, if I was the dude that got shot four times, I'd be like, no, no, no. I have some questions I'd like to ask. You, you can't just drop these dogs off and, you know, A, let bygones be bygones. We got the dogs back. Hey, we got the dogs back and nobody got hurt. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you did what you had to do. <laughs> it didn't turn out the way you wanted to, but hey, no harm. I no understand. Um, I mean, on paper, it's a pretty good plan. I respect you for it. <laughs> So, uh, study in Scarlet, Tim's the first Sherlock Holmes story. The first time we meet Sherlock. What do you know about Sherlock Holmes? Let me ask you that. Uh, right off number the bat. one, mm-hmm. deer stalker hat. Yes. That's a big, stupid hat. Yeah. Um, I don't, I think that might be one of the things that is n- like never in the books, but in a media portrayal is it's at least not been in this book so far. Okay. Uh, number two, he always says elementary, my dear Watson, all uh, the time. I think stop Can't stop this guy from saying elementary, dear, my dear Watson. Uh, I think that's one of those things that he does not say. However, in this book so far, I've read half the book. He has said at least twice that I can think of the plot thickens. Hmm. So that's, he does actually that's say lazy that. Lazy writing. <laughs> um, number three, uh, Watson is a heroin addict. No. Or they're both heroin addicts? No, just Sherlock. Okay. Um, And he's the world's greatest detective. Yes. Hey, that you got right. And he jumped off a building one time, didn't die, and then they never explained how he didn't die. That was the TV show. That, that didn't happen in a book. Didn't happen in real life? 
It may have happened in real life. They may have had Benedict Cumbersnatch uh, jump off that building. I wanted to play along, but I couldn't. <laughs> anyway, uh, it, it sounds like <laughs> you're right over there. I can't go on. <laughs> Sorry, we had to cut this episode short. <laughs> you are. You're like purple. <sighs> Have a sip of water. Um, but yeah, uh, for the most part, what you said is correct, Tim. All right. Um, <laughs> I almost spit out this water that I drank. I wasn't even surprised by the, no, by the you joke. Got, look, you got to pull it together. I don't know if I can. Uh, the book starts off, <laughs> Tim. Sorry. <laughs> we can't leave this in. <laughs> no, it's too long now. You have to cut it out. Tim, you, I'm crying. I'm a, this is this is the most I've ever cried in my adult life. Um, so the book starts off. The book, Tim, Tim, you gotta stop. People are paying for this. You can explain. I'm listening. The book starts off. It, the The book's written by uh, Watson, by Doctor John Watson. He's just gotten back from the Tim. He's in Afghanistan, right? Yeah, the war. The, yeah, I recently watched the Great Mouse Detective. <laughs> he's now you're laughing at that. Yeah, it's just mice playing up a whole Sherlock Holmes thing. He's, he's recently got back from the Afghan war. Right. Uh, and he's like, he got shot. Uh, he's got PTSD. He saw a lot of shit. And, uh, yeah, he almost died. And, uh, he, you know, he, he gets uh, discharged. <laughs> what? Now, that's funny. No, I'm laughing at the joke from earlier still. <laughs> he <laughs> All right. It he... wasn't even that funny. No. <sighs> it, I, it happened, Tom. It took it took almost a full year. I just completely broke. <laughs> My brain is broken. Um <sighs> He uh he, he's back in London. And uh, he like talks to a friend of his, this guy Stamford, not Stanford, Stamford. Okay. 
And he's like, oh, you're looking. He's like, uh, Watson's like, yeah, I'm living in a hotel. It's cost me a goddamn fortune. And this guy's like, oh, I know a guy who's looking for a place to live. Uh, maybe you guys could be um, roomies. He's like, but Sherlock Holmes is a brilliant and he needs a roommate. Yeah, I don't. You know what? They weren't real clear on where Sherlock was living before this. Mm. Also, they haven't mentioned how old these guys are. I'm guessing they were like 23 or something. Oh, you know, Even Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, I think they were both like pretty young. I think that's kind mm. of the the. You know, the implication here. Um, okay. That makes it cooler. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it like makes it also make a lot more sense. Um, and, and this guy Stanford's like, because they're, because Sherlock's kind of still starting out in his career here. And, um, this guy Stanford's like, well, I do have to warn you though, this guy Sherlock Holmes, he is a little weird. Uh, I, I, you know, recently found him, uh, walked in on him beating a cadaver with a stick, uh, trying to find out how long bruises can, can appear after death. Hmm. And, but Watson's That's like the introduction to everybody's introduction to Sherlock Holmes. Yes. Yeah. Beating up a dead guy. Yeah. Well, just a story about him beating up a dead guy and, and Watson's like, yeah, whatever. I gotta get out of this hotel. Yeah, introduce us. <laughs> um, they they meet at an appointment at two twenty one B Baker Street. Uh, they're shown the they're shown they're shown the place, and they're like, "Great, we'll take it. We love it." And for the first like I don't know week, maybe Watson kind of doesn't understand what. Sherlock does for a living because just kind of like random people. <laughs> so what do you uh, do for a, beat the shit out of cadavers <laughs> for no reason? Well, it's just like random people come, come up to the apartment all the time and like talk to him, you know, like in private and then they leave. Um, so he's kind of like, I don't really understand what's going on. And then um, I, I forget if he asks, but eventually it's explained to him and Sherlock's like, oh, I'm a consulting detective. Uh, people come to me uh, when, uh, you know, all hope is lost. Like when when a case is too difficult. Yeah. And sometimes it's people. Sometimes it's the police themselves. Uh, and that happens soon after because uh, there is a case uh how do you say this first name? E N O C H. Enoch. Enoch. It's not eunuch, right? I don't think so. Enoch J. Dreber. Why would it be eunuch? I don't know. How do you spell eunuch? With a U. E U. E U. Yeah. Okay. Enoch. Uh, maybe the silent. Maybe it's just notch. It's notch. Notch. Notch, notch Dreber. Um. They they found this guy dead in a deserted house, and he's from Cleveland. He had like something on him that said this guy's the from United Cleveland. States, Cleveland, Ohio, where the, ver- the Drew Carey show takes place. The very same. So was it Ryan Stiles? This was before Ryan Stiles' time, I believe, huh. and he's still alive. So I don't think this was him. 
Was it Diedrich Bader? I don't think the Drew Carey show was shot in Cleveland, if that's what you're implying. Let alone whose line is it anyway? The no, the 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 theme song, Cleveland Rocks. Oh, okay. Yeah, but still. I don't think they shot the show in Cleveland. Yeah, we'll see. Um, we won't see in this book. I don't think this book will get to the bottom of that. I well, just we'll see if it, I want to set your expectations up front. <laughs> we'll see if any of the characters from the Drew Carey show make maybe a cameo appearance. Well, just again, to, you know, I just want you to temper your expectations. Let, uh, applause a little bit at some point. We'll be like, woo, yeah. Mimi's there. Is that her name? Yeah, that was her name. Yeah. Uh, so they, they uh, Sherlock's like, all right, let's go to this house where they found the guy. And they go there. We meet uh, two detectives, Gregson and Lestrade. Um, and they're like, uh, and Sherlock, first off, Sherlock gets out and he's he's out in the, you know, the front yard for like 45 minutes. You can't let him out. <laughs> he's looking at everything. Um, this, by the way, is the first time the idea of a detective using a magnifying glass all the time huh. came about. How did they look at small things before this? They didn't. They were like, if it's not, if we can't find it in the big things, it didn't happen. So hmm. Sherlock's like inspecting everything with a magnifying glass and they're all like, what a weirdo. Um, and then he comes inside, he's inspecting the body and stuff. And um, they're like, all right. he's like, all right, I've seen everything I need to see of the body. You can have uh, the body removed. And then when they pick up the body, a woman's wedding ring falls out. Ooh. So they're like, aha, the game is afoot. Because here's... Does he say that there? Uh, he says that at one point. I don't think he says mm. it there. I think he might have yeah. said it right before they left for, mm. for this. Um, but he does say it. And um, uh, uh, the there's a little bit of blood on the floor and written on the wall in blood is Rache, R-A-C-H-E. Does that mean anything? Well, they think, oh, somebody was writing Rachel, but they got distracted, not distracted, you know, somebody came or whatever and they ran off before they were done. Right. Do you sure. think uh, they could have used, uh, if this was done now, they could uh, they could use uh, Google autofill or whatever. Autocomplete? Yeah, autocomplete. That Rachel Maddow is probably <laughs> what they were trying to write. That's not how Google autocomplete works, Tim. I don't know what... I typed in R-A-C-H-E, and it came up with Rachel Maddow. Oh, so you think Sherlock Holmes nowadays would be like, well, let's go to Google and start yeah. typing it and see what it fills in. That's probably what the murderer yeah. was typing, it'd was be a writing in blood. Yeah, it'd be a problem because it's not a, you know, um, you wouldn't be able to fill a whole book. Right, and also they'd be like, Rachel Maddow... It wouldn't even exist for over 150 years from now. Yeah, she doesn't. Even, she's probably never even met Drew Carey. They're on yeah. different channels. Probably almost 200 years from now. Yeah. I don't know when she was when she was born. 
70s? Rachel Maddow? Rachel Maddow? Yeah, probably. Yeah. It's close to 200 let me do, years. Hey, let me do a little detective work. <laughs> uh, um, 73. Yeah. Oh, looks like I was the true detective in this one. I knew it. Born in the 70s. Well, what did, what did you... What, what clues did you find what that clue? led you to that? Uh... Based on how old I thought she was and when that would have made her have to have been born. Based hmm. on how old I thought she was. Elementary. My dear Tim. She's born on April Fool's Day. Mm. Hey, take from that what you will. Anyway, um, so James, uh, not James Bond. <laughs> Sherlock Holmes. You read the wrong book. <laughs> he's he, he's like looking around and everything, and he's like, oh, all right, uh, we got to go. By the way, uh, the murderer is uh, more than six feet tall. He's got a ruddy complexion. He wears square-toed boots. He smokes a uh, trichinopoly cigar. He has long fingernails on his right hands. He drove up to the house in a four-wheel carriage drawn by a horse that had a new shoe uh, on his uh, forefoot. And furthermore, the murder was done by poison, and Reich is not an abbreviation for Rachel. It is the German word for revenge. See you later, suckers, and walks out. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's what Watson said. He was like... Did did he say... uh, uh did uh, did Watson go? Ooh, mic drop. Yeah, he went. Ooh, you guys just got owned by Sherlock. Uh, I think let that sink in. <laughs> uh, so then, after that, he goes and talks to the uh, constable. Mm-hmm. That was like the first person on the scene. I guess he was on the scene because he saw like a candle on. And it was like very late at night, so he was like, ah, that person might have left their candle on, and this is like the 1800s, when you do that, the whole fucking city burns down, so let me go give a quick knock over here. Um, and, uh, you know, he's like, oh shit, no, it's a, it's like a deserted house, and there's a dead guy in here, and he, he gets, uh, I, I forget, I think he has like another person with him by now, but it's not really important. And Sherlock's like, anything else? Anything at all weird that happened? He's like, no. He's like, you know, after I got there, there was like a drunk guy out by the, uh, like the gate. He was like fall down drunk. So like me and the other guy had to like help him and like, you know, get him in a cab or or whatever or send him on his way. Uh, And he's, and Sherlock's like, okay, cool. Uh, that guy was the murderer, you fucking idiot, and you're never going to advance in your career because you're dumb. Uh, so long. And once again, Watson was like, ooh, <laughs> you just got schooled by Sherlock. That's a cool catchphrase. I'm glad that they included that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, does he, does the book explain how he comes to these conclusions? No. At any point? And like, people are asking him, like, you know, Watson and Lestrade and Gregson, they're all like, cool. So, can you tell us? And he's like, I know who the murderer is, but 
let me keep that to myself for now, my dear. And like at one point, somebody's like, hey, if you told us, we could stop them from murdering somebody else. (laughs) And he's like, ah, but it would, you know, screw up the investigation. A lot of it, though, it is set up for like, if I told you and you arrested him now, you wouldn't be able to prove it. Right. I know who it is, but I need to like in some way set a trap or find other investigation that might disappear if if you go to this person now. Yeah, but also if he explained how he came to those conclusions, that might help gather the evidence to to prosecute them. Well, he explains it in the end. Do you know that? Did you get to the end? No, but I got close. In the TV show, he jumped off the building and didn't die, (laughs) and then they never explained why. Look, that's not in the book, so you need to move past that. He does explain some of this stuff uh, up until the point I've gotten to. Hmm? Ben at Cumbersnatch. He was the guy who jumped off the building. It's it was his version. Well, I'm never, glad. Yeah. I'm fucking glad, Tim, because we can't take another 10 minutes out of the podcast for you to, uh, to listen to you huffing and wheezing over there. <laughs> like it's normal. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, they're like, all right, next thing we got to do. Sherlock's like, all right, we got that ring. We found that ring. We got to put an ad in the paper uh, saying we found a ring and uh, come and get it. And that's how we'll trap the murderer. Uh, Because he's like, that drunk dude was the murderer realizing they left that ring, which is evidence, but also an expensive item that they didn't want to lose. And then they they always return to the scene of the crime, too. Well, in this case, they were when, when you leave a ring. Behind. <laughs> yeah. And then when he saw the constable, he was like, oh, shit, let me just pretend to be a real drunk guy. So let that be a lesson for anybody let trying to get a, sink in. Yeah. For anybody trying to get away with murder, just pretend to be drunk. And then the, the cops will just, you know, they'll see you home instead of arrest you for murder. Um so they put an ad in the paper. Sherlock's like, oh, by the way, I put it under your name, uh, Watson, because, you know, people might know uh, me, Sherlock Holmes. And Watson. Detective. Yeah. And Watson's kind of like, uh, I think he didn't say this, but I think he's kind of like, well, why can't you have just made up a name? <laughs> Don't put my <laughs> name in the paper. Um, and he's like, uh, I thought this was kind of cool. He put an ad in the paper. He's like, if you lost this ring, come to this uh, apartment between 8 and 9 p.m. And, uh, yeah, we'll give it back to you. Uh, Which, you know, in today's go-go world where you can, like, communicate with people anytime, I kind of miss that. Like, uh, here's a one-hour window where you can show up. (laughs) Don't come earlier. Don't come later. Don't call me and, like, try and schedule a different time. Look, this is the time it is. You are the one who lost the ring. Make it work. Right. And uh, he's explaining. I mean, I don't miss stuff like that. (laughs) I miss it if I find a lost item. Okay. (laughs) And I'm the one trying to give it back to somebody, but I don't want to go too much out of my way. 
Well, I mean, in this case, he's just trying to catch a murderer. And even still, he's like, uh, come during this one hour window. Uh, but it is part of it that he's like, this person's desperate enough. And this is part of how we're going to know that it's them because they're going to be desperate enough to be like, yep, I'll show up whenever you said. Uh, and uh, Sherlock was like, this person doesn't know that for sure that they lost the ring there. So they're not going to be suspicious. Um, Sure enough, a few minutes after eight, uh, ring on the doorbell, the person comes up and uh, it's an old lady described him as an old crone, by the way. Love it. Um, And they're like, I lost my ring. And they're like, yeah, is it this ring? And they're like, yeah, that's my ring. Yeah, you old liar. <laughs> no, they're like it is her ring, and then she leaves, and uh, um, Holmes is like that must be like an accomplice, which I think he'd said beforehand. Like this person might send an accomplice, and he's like, you know, I think he says again, like the game's afoot, and he's like, I'm gonna go follow that person, and he like runs after him down the street. The old lady gets in a cab. Uh, Sherlock Holmes jumps onto the like back of the cab, Home Alone two style, uh, like uh, you know, hides in the uh, the the trunk or whatever. That is an Home Alone two. Yeah, remember when Marvin Harry chased him into the park, into Central Park, and he jumps uh, into the yeah. horse drawn carriage. Sherlock does a version of that, and Watson said that Sherlock told him, I guess later, like. Oh, that's like a skill every detective should have is like how to jump onto a horse-drawn carriage without attracting attention so you can follow somebody. Is he just fucking with Watson at that point? No, no. I think he he, he believes that 100%. Watson like stays up, you know, pretty late until Holmes comes home or what yeah, Sherlock comes home. Sherlock Holmes comes homes. Uh it's like 11 o'clock at night, so it's, you know, three hours later. And yeah. uh, he's like, ah, I was on the back of that that thing. And he's like, finally, it stopped. And I got out and I was like, aha. He's like, the the person was gone. The, the carriage was empty. He's like, guess what? That wasn't some old crone. That was a man in a disguise. Oh, boy. That tricked us. Sherlock Holmes got tricked. By yeah, a fake crone. <laughs> yep. Uh, the next day, uh, Gregson, you know, he's one of the the real detectives. He shows up and he's like, "Guess what? We arrested a guy uh, uh, for the murder. Um, uh, he was staying. He's like the dead guy. We figured out was staying at a boarding house, and um, uh, he had attempted to abduct." The woman's uh, daughter and uh, woman. like the woman who who had the boarding house. OK. And uh, this guy, Arthur, the other um, uh, kid, you know, the, the boy of, of this woman, like uh, chased him down and, uh, you know, got him back, got got his sister back or whatever. And he's got no alibi for the time of the murder. So obviously it was him because he has a motive. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
they're like, uh, you know, Sherlock's like, cool, great job, man. And then he's like, yeah, and uh, Stang- Standerson was uh, this guy Drebner's secretary, and he is definitely a part of this. He may have even been the guy that did it. And then Lestrade uh, shows up at the apartment, and he's like, um, uh, hold on, I'm reading. He's like, oh, guess what? Uh, uh, guess Are who you di- reading the book right now as you're <laughs> explaining this to me? He's like, guess guess who just got murdered? Stan- Standerson. Oh, brother. The guy that you think did all the murdering. More carnage. Yeah, he so got senseless. He got murdered at a at a hotel, and uh, um, we found a pillbox in his hotel, and uh, you know I've got it here. And Holmes is like, "Aha, uh, there these pills," and then he's like, uh, um, "I forget who he who he tells to go do this, if it's Watson or somebody else." But he's like. Go get, go downstairs, get that dog that the landlady uh, wants to put down and bring it up here. And it's just like old, you know, like dog in very rough shape. And Sherlock takes one of the pills out of this pillbox, cuts it in half, like dissolves it in water and milk and gives it to the dog. And then the dog doesn't die and he's, nothing happens. He's like, huh, I thought that was poison, but it wasn't. Let me try another pill. <laughs> Takes another pill. The dog dies immediately. <laughs> and he's like, aha! Half these pills are poison. <laughs> it's like, oh. Yikes. Uh, yeah. That, beating up cadavers, killing dogs. Yeah. It's like, look, I get the dog was old and needed to be put down, but like, you don't know what this poison's going to do and how it's going yeah. to do it. Um. So then he's like, uh, not half. He's like, this pillbox had one poisonous pill and one just fine pill that didn't do anything. And he used half of each, um, on the, uh, on the dog. So then he's like, look, uh, I, I, I know who did it. Uh, I can't tell you guys, but, uh, let's all go to the, the police station or whatever. And uh, we'll 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 get to the bomb of this. He just seems like a dick, a real tease. He is a real tease. So then he's like, "Hey, Wiggins. Wiggins is one of uh, uh, like the street urchins, which are uh, referred to by a worse thing than that, a oh, worse no. name than that." Ah. But uh, uh, not war. He calls them street Arabs. Like being an Arab isn't a bad thing, but referring to these kids yeah, as okay. st- street, yeah. yeah. Anyway, if we can acknowledge it's bad, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but he's got like this whole team of street urchins working for him, which is pretty cool. Uh, that he pays, and he's like, these street urchins, they find out great shit, and uh, you know, they got eyes and ears everywhere. And uh, he calls one of them up. He's like, hey. Uh, Get us a cab. Um, and he's like, all right. And he goes and gets a cab. He's like, a cab's here, Sherlock, uh, or Mr. Holmes. And he's like, um, tell the cab driver to come up that I need uh, help with with uh, with like uh, my um, trunk. And like Watson's like, what the fuck, trunk? 
and uh, uh, he's like getting a trunk together. He's like, why? We're just going to the police station. Why is he packing up like he's, uh, you know, uh, going on a, a holiday, a week long holiday? Guy comes up and he's like, hey, help me out with this. Uh, yeah, I got to fasten this down. The guy's like, fine, I'll come over. Sherlock, quick as a button, quick as a fox. Quick as a button. Cute as a Sherlock Holmes. Cute, <laughs> cute as a as button. A button. <laughs> um, slaps handcuffs on this guy. And it's like, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Jefferson Hope, the murderer. Wow. And this guy... What evidence? Well, some... This whole cir- book, I'm just waiting for the goddamn <laughs> evidence. Some circumstantial evidence here that after the guy gets the handcuffs on him, he goes nuts and tries to jump out the window of the uh, the second floor apartment. Uh, all three of these guys, or four of these guys, I'm sorry, have to, like, fight this man who's handcuffed to, like, finally subdue him. They have to put handcuffs on his feet on his ankles to to get him under control so they're like well i don't know this guy right when you slapped handcuffs on him didn't go like wait what are you talking about he tried to jump out the window so that's you know that's a pretty bad sign we're we're gonna i don't know i would and they gave him no they gave gave him the chair that night based on that evidence (laughs) it's fair uh, um, no, that that's uh, where part one ends, Tim. And uh, we don't know how Sherlock knew it was this guy. We know like a little bit because like he had a lot of um, he was studying like the mud outside and like could tell when the carriage got there, could tell that the horse had a, had one new shoe on like a, one of its uh, four feet. Uh, uh, a horse has four feet. I know that. <laughs> I mean, one of its front feet. Right. <laughs> um, so, and there is like some other stuff where it's like the carriage was based on like how deep the mud was. It seemed like the carriage was outside for a bit. So it is kind of a weird, like, a weird thing of, like, somebody was killed in here and the carriage driver was outside for a while. So either they witnessed it or they did it. Maybe they just witnessed it and we'll find that out. I'm hopeful that there'll be more evidence presented in the second half of this book. This story. I assume so. I I saw somebody, I think, in... um, on the Patreon page, uh, say that there's like a big twist in part two, I think. Hmm. I like started to read it and I was like, oh, I don't want a spoiler. So, yeah, somebody else said, I think that this, this story made them not want to read any other Sherlock Holmes. Mm. That might be because the dog was killed for no good reason, <laughs> which I understand completely. Yeah. So this is less of like a who done it and more of they just set things up and then hopefully at the end he explains all the clues that hopefully have been planted throughout the Yeah, book. I mean that, otherwise that, what's the point? I mean that's kind of 
from my understanding of like you know watching Sherlock Holmes movies and TV shows and I've stuff I've never I've never consumed I I think I watched half of or maybe one of those BBC Sherlock Yeah things. well you saw him jump off the the roof you talked about that a bunch Um I mean that's kind of the the trope of Sherlock Holmes that it's like He's 10 steps ahead of everybody else and not telling them what he's seeing. And then at the very, I mean, that's kind of like a, a normal detective. You know, that's what Columbo does at the end of an episode of Columbo. That's like, you know, here's all the evidence, at, you know, and uh, same thing with like Murder, She Wrote, where it's like, you know, uh, well, I'll tell you who was the murderer. It was this person. And everybody's like, uh, you know, aghast. Like, what? It couldn't be that person. And they're like, here's all the evidence. Nobody else. But first, a word from Metamucil, our sponsor. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But here's, you know, here's all the evidence that everybody missed. uh, Pointed out for you. But like I said, even just the carriage thing is enough. I don't know how he knew that by calling a carriage, he would get the carriage of the murderer and how he knew that was the murder. He did explain some of this stuff, like, uh, cause, uh, Watson asked him about it. And there are some things that, uh, some things there, certainly a stretch where it was like a ruddy complexion. And he said the blood, the blood that was at the crime scene was not from the cadaver, which which I think everybody agreed on. There were no wounds that suggested mm. that. He was like, that was um, a blood pattern consistent with a nosebleed, and people who have nosebleeds have ruddy complexions. All right. That's All a stretch. Right. However, one that he did point out, which does make sense, that he said uh, the word race was written in blood, and it was uh, roughly six feet off the ground. When people are writing on a chalkboard or a wall, they write at roughly eye level, which is one of those things you don't think about. But it's like, oh yeah, you, yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't write way over your head or way yeah. below. You would write at about eye level. Mm-hmm. So there are something, and like how he knew the the horse had an had one new shoe. He's like, out of all the the horseshoe prints, there was one that was, you know, very clearly more defined than the others. So that was a new one that hadn't been worn, you know, hadn't had the edges worn down yet. Well, I hope there's a twist, because so far... Um... I think this is fine. I mean, I guess I haven't read the book, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I just had you uh, explain it kind of while I tried not to laugh at a lame joke you made 20 minutes earlier. Well, it didn't seem that lame, Tim. And and I'm going to go in and dub in a funnier joke. <laughs> and look, Tim, I apologize if I've glossed over some of the details because I also think like a detective so some of these things make sense to me they might not make sense to you that's fair uh but yeah next week uh we'll do part two great tom i'm sorry i lost my composure there for a little while i'm sorry it took up a solid 10 minutes of the episode (laughs) sorry this episode's uh 20 minutes long after we cut out tim 
<laughs> nah, it's, it's being posted as is, Tom. This is uh, cinema verite. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's uh, you know what I like it so far. You didn't ask, but I like it so far. Yeah, let's go but, ahead. I guess, but it definitely has like a lot of that like late eighteen hundreds like get to the fucking point. Everybody talking that were you know everybody's like, well. If I were to have to come to an idea, if that were okay with you, sir, if I could be so bold as to say, might I perhaps have a cup of tea? (laughs) It's like, come on, snap your dialogue here. Hey, man. Come on. Hey, hey, cool it, Fraser Crane. Uh, Tell me what's going on. Hey, let's get uh, 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 Quentin Tarantino in here to do a rewrite. Hell yeah. Tom? Now you're talking. Yeah, get some f words in there. Oh, they had, they made a, a Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, two of them uh, with Jude Law's Watson. Because that's make- what I considered. That might be what you what you watch. I kind of yeah. just want you to play the Sherlock Holmes video game for Sega CD. Oh, I remember Clarendon. <laughs> exactly. My dad had that. You and AJ got really into that game, and my dad also got really into that game. <laughs> we should have hung out. Yeah. We should have all played Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective for Sega CD together. He had the PC version. Mm. You guys probably thought that was lame. No, that probably had better quality video than the Sega CD version. Yeah. But one Sega of the first uh, full motion video games. Wow. Well, maybe I'll play that. Or maybe I'll just watch walkthroughs of it on uh, YouTube. Yeah, probably just as good. Probably just as good as uh, 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 a multi-million dollar budget film or (laughs) critically acclaimed television show. Or the countless other iterations of Sherlock Holmes. I'm sure the best way to view it is a walkthrough of a Sega CD game from the 90s. Maybe I'll watch a Sherlock Hemlock uh, segment from sesame street yeah or that yeah just watch one segment of that yeah uh that's all i got all right well hey tom great job today thank Uh, you you i wish i could say the same (laughs) all right uh hey patrons thank you very much we love you very much uh we'll see you next week for the thrilling conclusion of sherlock holmes in the case of the what a study in Scarlet. And the, the case of a study in Scarlet. Well, it's not the case. It is a study in Scarlet. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.